haven't had an issue of it. And they signed every single one. And uh, the cast was great. I th- the year later that Comic-Con did a rule, like, we have to have an autograph area. We can't have people <laughs> clogging up the you aisles. guys did that. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, that's one. No, it, well, anyway, so that was, that was like a delight to, like, have them all there. And th- what was weird was just how enthusiastic those, those main actors were. You know, I saw that in that documentary that yeah. the enthusiasm of the crew, like they did everything. They promoted the hell out of that movie at every convention. They were the voice of that movie. And, you know, a fan on their like own my, dime. Yeah, on their own dime. And like a fan like myself would get excited because there really is such a thing and there's such enthusiasm to it. I mean, I was excited, you know, like I like I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would, you know, there'd be a Fantastic Four movie made. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, that's crazy. I so, remember reading the comics, uh, you know, at 11 years old, 10 years old, thinking they should make these into movies, you know? Why aren't they doing that, you know? Well, they had the cartoon well, show. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, there was the animated Fantastic Four cartoon. There were two of them, one in the 60s, which used the Human Torch, and then another one that came later. I yeah. Think it was in the late 70s. Right. Where they had Herbie the Robot because they were afraid kids were going to light themselves on fire to be oh. the Human Torch, which... I guarantee you Marvel is going to address that in some way. Like they're trying to figure out how do we do the Fantastic Four and not like have kids light themselves on fire. And then how do you make it practical? Like, okay, if he ignited himself on fire and was in the kitchen that I'm in right now, that would probably destroy and melt the kitchen. He could, you know what I mean? Like, there's just sort of practical real world things. Okay. If you're going to have these characters now exist in the real world, how do they, how does it work? Now, did Film Threat go on to do an article to cover the fact that Fantastic Four would not be released? Did you follow up? Well, the, the, we never did because we could we could never get any answers, right? Uh-huh. You know, we did that cover story, and I remember um, uh, I, I remember Tony Timpone from Fangoria magazine called me out of the blue and said, "Ah, oh, you really scooped this on that one," because I been doing stories where because I was in Hollywood, I could just go to the sets of these movies and we covered Carnosaur and, you know, we just, we're getting access to like low budget indie movies, which is kind of film threats, bread and butter. I mean, we cover independent film, right? So, I mean, Roger Corman is an independent filmmaker. Yeah. And they went to Trauma too uh, at first. Trauma said no, right? I mean, the documentary taught me that. Right, right. So, so, uh, you know, but we didn't know. I mean, we just did the story, and I wanted to be very comprehensive. I grew up reading Cinefantastic magazine and Starlog and, and uh, you know, Fangoria, and, and I read all those magazines as a kid. I was, I was a magazine junkie, <laughs> at a, at, you know, at the time at, in that era, and I think at one point I had 50 magazine subscriptions. This is really? before the Internet. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. before the Internet, right. and just so people – who may not know magazines are like the internet, but on really thin slices of wood and yeah. you can read them. <laughs> That's a good way to well, say you, it. You know, this podcast exists. Exact for, yeah. We, we we're doing this podcast because I used to read psychotronic right. video all the time. Yeah. I love like that magazine. Video. Yeah. I love it. And I, I would say, Oh my that God. Magazine. That, I, I, and then just like, there were so many great ones at the time. And I just wanted to be film threat sort of had its own niche, which was indie film. Right. That was our, that was what we focused on. And sometimes that crossed over into genre stuff. So um, certainly a lot of you know low budget underground films were horror, sci-fi, etc. So 
So, yeah, I, I, you know, like, I just think that there was never a final word, right? Like, they said, you know, oh, it's on hold, or it's this, or whatever, and then, you know, it just sort of got forgotten. It, mm -hmm. it became like a lost film. Yeah. yeah. Now, Mike used to read these magazines, but he couldn't go see the film. He was young. He's not going down to the Ziegfeld Theater in Manhattan. So that's why right. we have this show today, because they're all on YouTube now. They're all on YouTube. Everything I read in Psychotronic, oh, wow. everything I read in my film books, and I had to take the really? film books. Yeah, well, because, you know, Fantastic Four, I read about it in Film Threat, I, I, you know, and that was it. So I just wow. had a base. So thanks to YouTube, The Great yeah. Equalizer, I can just finally watch it. And then wow, he's... that's great. Yeah. Now, what was George Gaines doing on set? I mean, we're talking Punky Brewster. We're talking uh, Police Academy. Did they know they had a star here? Why didn't yeah, they? Yeah, he was the biggest them? name. Oh, uh, I don't know that. I don't know. <laughs> were you there to see George Gaines? No, I'm not sure if I met met him on set, and I probably would not know. I mean, I wasn't like even at the time like. And I don't, I tend to not watch mainstream television of any kind. Like, uh, you know, people tell me constantly about the Big Bang Theory yeah. and stuff. And like, I hate, I, I, I think I've watched that show and I, I'm not, not a fan. So when it comes to like mainstream anything, I'm pretty blissfully unaware. So <laughs> I wouldn't have even known who he was anyways, because I've never seen an episode of Punky Brewster. Were you there the day that they shot the classroom scene, which in, in the beginning, when he's sitting next to Ben Grimm? Um, I don't think I was there. Okay, that. okay, because that was his big moment. That was his know? big moment. Yeah, yeah. I just think they should have used him. He was a big star. He could have been the Alfred the Butler to them or something. I don't know. They should have squeezed it in. Yeah. Okay, so, Chris, now, everyone at home is poised to watch this film at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. They're all going to press play together. So why don't you go ahead and give us that celebrity countdown? Wait, wait, really? How, where yeah. am I counting down from? You, three. Three. Okay, three, two, one, right. go. But it's got to be paced. And so we, we should, have, why don't we go from four, three, two, one? Because of Fantastic Four? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Okay. All right, so we're going to watch. we're going to watch the Fantastic Four the classic Roger Corman movie. And here we go. We're going to count down from four, three, two, one, play. All right. Very excited. Thank you for that celebrity comedian countdown. For New, the Horizons. Celebrity... New Horizons. That, of course, is... Right. Uh... We're about to watch Munchies, right? We'd have watched a few New Horizons videos, straight to video. Uh, this wasn't even straight to video. No, it wasn't released at all. You see how this they whoever put this up here for us stuff snuck in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in nineteen ninety four, that was no such thing. If you don't know anything about this movie and you see that in the beginning, you're all right, ready to go. Right, all right, yeah. Hey Surprise. man, I watched I watched twenty six movies to get one storyline. I missed the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe movie. Got to watch it. Well, this is some trippy special effects already. Uh, do you hear the music? Should I? Well, I guess so. I mean, the people who wrote the music spent $6,000 of their own money to hire an orchestra. And we learned that from the documentary about this film. We should mention the documentary is, is almost as fun as the movie. It's called um, Doomed. Doomed which is the true story of this film where all the actors you see here in the opening credits, uh, Rebecca Stab takes a stab at it. Uh, 
Stop. <laughs> Michael Bailey Smith took a Smith at it. <laughs> he did. He, uh, oh. Oh, he was Ian Trigger. Yeah, he was Trigger. Ian Trigger. So, um, yeah, it's okay. It's just a documentary about how this film didn't get released, you know, and we'll talk all about it, you know, and you've seen it. So have I. I have. I, I have not seen it recently. I forgot George Gaines is in it, but. Yeah, now George Gaines is from Police Academy movies. At least that's how yeah. you know him and love him. Oh, and, oh, 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 and uh, Pucky Brewster's father. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and the guy from Victor Victoria. Okay. Uh, yeah, Pucky. So, do, do go on, do go on. He was Henry Warnamount in Punky Brewster. He was command, Commandant Eric Lassard in Police Academy. And he retired from acting at the age of 86. It was 2003. Um, and he passed away. He was old when he passed away. Yeah, no, you know, he spoke many languages. He, he spoke Russian. Seven languages. Mm-hmm. That's right. He, he was actually born in, in a country that I didn't write it down because I didn't think we would be focusing on this guy. So, he was born in a country in Eastern Europe that was part under the Soviet Union at the time. Why would we focus our, ourselves on Funky Brewster's father? He's like the only star in this movie. Yeah, he's the only one. That's right. Uh, there's the director. God bless. Oli. Oli. Oli was a music video director, and this was a big, big deal for him. Uh, because he was going to up oh, there he is, George Gaines. George Gaines up front. Get the star up front like Bruce Willis. And then the last three minutes he shows up. Yeah. No, except he's going away even from this, right? Oh, he's done after this. Bring me Tackleberry. <laughs> punky, oh punky. Oh punky. All this scene is showing us is Reed Richards is really smart, and he's friends with Ben Grimm, who wouldn't be in the same class with him. He doesn't have his brains at all. So you're talking about Ben Grimm from the Fantastic Four, that big do- doofus from Yancey Street or whatever, a Clancy Street? or Well, that was the gang that used to team Oh, 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 yeah. Uh, he had a lot of troubles, that Ben Grimm. Yeah. He's, like, he's literally a monster. Oh, he was very grim, and he was literally a monster. Now, what we're learning now is Colossus is coming. Colossus is coming. Now, nothing goes faster than the speed of light except for Colossus, which is a comet-like energy source. It is radioactive, and every 10 years it passes Earth, okay? Uh But um, it's going to be the closest that it's ever been to Earth tonight. So we Colossus is like a comet or something like a yeah, meteor. Yeah, ball of energy. It's it nothing comes... to do with Galactus. Right. It has nothing to do with Galactus. All right, Colossus. And it is. It is not a comet. It's like energy, like a ball of energy, and it's all whammy jammy, radioactive, and it's zapping the insides and stuff, you know. And they there's Victor Von Doom yeah. on the left. Talking uh-huh. with Reed Richards about their plans tonight to harness the energy from Colossus. Oh, okay. I was going to go on a date with Sue Storm, Richard, but I'll, I'll be glad to do your project tonight. What could <laughs> go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? 
wait till you meet Sue Storm. She's just a little girl, and you're going to be like, this is creepy. Well, is she a college student? Nope, she's a little girl. She's like nine, or maybe she's like 12. She's got to be like 12 or 14. You'll see. How old is her brother, Johnny Storm? Like seven or eight, from the looks of him. Wait a minute. They well, have kids. I mean, this, they... Is, this is the or- okay. See these two goofs? Yeah, they're like goons for Victor already. Like Victor is already like a monarch back home. Right. That's right. So for, it's kind of weird. We don't know. Oh, there she is. That there she Sue is. Storm. I can't see Sue Storm. Oh, there she is. She's invisible. <laughs> She's an invisible Ooh. woman. Oh, there's Johnny. Hothead. He's a hothead. Oh, he's playing that video game that looks like a cartoon. Right. The really real, right? Yeah. Look at look at it's drawn. It's a drawn cartoon. They're getting epilepsy. I'm getting epilepsy. <laughs> So that's Ben Grimm, and I guess he's friends with Johnny and uh, Sue. Oh, he likes to hang out with the seven, eight-year-old boy? I guess, yes. <clears throat> oh, but it's her boarding house, so I guess he's he's a he lives there. Yeah. And here's Reed Richards, and Sue has a crush on Reed Richards. Oh, they, dreamy. They weren't married in the 60s, right? They got married later? No, they were married in the 60s. Look at the kiss. Right? She goes, oh, my. she touches her cheek. She's got a little girl crush on him. Oh. But they're married, right? <laughs> Not <I don't> yet. <laughs> oh, so she's going to be like, sure, Victor, I would love to go on a date. And then Reed's like, oh. Reed would be like, that is inappropriate. That's uh-uh. a little girl. Victor Von he Doom. Said, like, he's dreamy. And then Johnny goes, you're gross. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Why did I get the girl? How come everything goes wrong for a guy named Von Doom? <laughs> Do you think the Fantastic Four is interesting? Okay, so um, when I was 10, 11 years old, um, I would collect comic books. And yeah, I loved the Fantastic Four. I had them all. Jack Kirby, he was really, his art brought it to life. You were, it felt like you were watching a movie as you read the comics. Right, yeah. Well, everything's so square and weird and misshaped. Yeah, it's all it's stylized, and he, you know, he's got a theme going on. He's sharp edges and creases. You know, he he does a lot of shading. It's jagged, and you know, like he would extend the finger out in the drawings, and the knuckles would be all like, like it was a skeleton almost. Well, he was always fun, like, in outer space. His cartoons would always have, like, just weird things in the background and foreground. And given a chance to do a page, two-page spread or a one-page spread, stuff's kind of all out there. Yeah, I guess that's interesting. But the, the idea of this family just being superheroes. Yeah, well, they're not a family. Well, I guess you've got a husband. You've got spouses and a right. brother and then a good friend. They certainly right. become a family. That's right. Ben Grimm is not related. Here's Colossus. It's the laserium, right? Right. Can you imagine, like, a ball of energy is passing, and it's like a lightning storm. Okay, that's the thing. They're going to suck it up, and they're going to get the whammy jammy. <laughs> You'll see. Oh, so, so they're already planning to harvest this. Yeah, that's right, because it's coming tonight, and it's the closest they'll ever be to Earth. 
only comes around once every 10 years. Right, they can come back in another 10 years. Oh, yeah, but they don't want to. It's here. They've got the equipment. They got the tools. They got the power. They're going to so this, this movie reminds me a lot like My Science Project with this, uh, Dennis Hopper who had like balls of energy and also electrical devices like this. Don't remember. I do remember that film. Do you like Parker? What was it? Oh, Parker wait a Fisher? second. I was thinking, oh, I was thinking of a different one. You mean the one we saw? Yeah, with Fisher show. Stevens. Yeah. Now, what's what happening though. is it's, it, it, their calculations weren't right, and it's too hot. They can't harness the energy. It's more like it's, like, imagine if you wanted to capture electricity, but instead it, like, heats up your whole, you know, you, you don't have the capacitors for it. So they're getting a whammy jammy. Now, Reed is like, let's get out of here. But Doom is like, I will not fail. And so he gets bazapped. See? Right. Are they not going into outer space and get hit by gamma rays and, and come back all weird? That it's well, that's coming. Oh, all right. So what's happening here on Earth? Like Doom gets hurt first? Yeah, they're grad students. They tried to harness Colossus energy. Doom was not being smart about it. Now look, Ben Grimm just pushed him out of right. the jammy. Yeah, yeah. It was just great because the poor animators had to like draw in the the lightning <laughs> twenty four frames a second. Look at his hair. Oh, he must be injured. Well, yeah. they couldn't afford hairspray by that point. Yeah, not on this budget. It was either one million dollars or one point five million dollars. <clears throat> well, I think that um, uh. Constantini film, okay, Brend Eckhart, I'll say his name right in a minute. Constantini okay. film, like said, I'll give you $750,000. Corman said he would put in $750,000. So that's a million and a half. But then other times <clears throat> in the Doom documentary on the internet, it says that the budget was $1 million. So that's it. Either the budget is... One million or one and a half. Now, look, this is Doom's henchman dressed up as a doctor saying, Victor's dead. Really? <clears throat> the long-lived doctor. Right. Now, look at the, sh the shifty eyes when they get on the elevator. The director did that so that we know that something's up. Right. Oh, yeah, this is not your ordinary elevator ride. <laughs> Here it comes now. Look, they look right. at each other. Uh-huh. We fooled uh -huh. them. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's the comedy duo of Hedgeman and Doctor. <laughs> there That's is doc some of that on, on in here. There's a character called the jewel Jeweler. He was supposed to be the Mole Man, because that was a Fantastic Four. Sure, he was in the first issue of Fantastic Four. Maybe you're right. I, th I think you're right about that. Remember there was like some kind of monster breaking out of the sidewalk and then Right. Yeah. On the cover, yeah. Yeah. I don't like know if a... it was the first one, because the first one was the origin story, but but you might be right. Okay, now they're like, we must save the monarch. Now why are they concealing his death? Why aren't they using the real doctors to help him? This it doesn't make sense in the real world why they would why would they want Reed Richards to think he's dead? Why? Ten years later. Ten years later. The Baxter building. 
Oh, yeah, right. Wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. How did that Baxter building come? Whatever, 10 years later. 10 years later, they're looking at a rocket to go into outer space. And Reed Richards, who's graying, now he's graying. Sure, he's got to get that, that classic Reed Richards look. He's talking to Ben Grimm going, you promised to be the pilot if I ever got this whammy-jammy machine in the air. Do you think that that Pixar movie ripped off Fantastic Four? The Incredibles? No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> but they're a family, and there's four of them, and they're superheroes. That's mom, dad, and two kids. That's not what we got here. Besides, they just ripped off comic books. Right. But you, do you know the story that DC created their own Fantastic Four called the oh. Terrifics? They figured, like, because... Fantastic Four, for some reason, like they just stopped making. It, it was it wasn't their property, right? It was a Fox property. It was Sony, and uh, it was Fox, I think. And Fox was making these movies, or whoever was making these movies, Sony or what have you. It wasn't Marvel, Disney. Mm-hmm. And what I always heard was that the Marvel comics just didn't even bother with Fantastic Four because they weren't making money off of the movies or anything like that. So the actual comic wasn't around for a bit. It's back. There's a very elaborate storyline with uh, uh, Reed and Susan's kids, uh, uh-huh. Valeria and uh, Franklin. And Franklin's like a super genius who becomes the next watcher. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Boy, he, he gave birth to something that was a kid who was going to go places. Yeah, right, right, right. But I always felt bad watching these uh, Marvel Disney movies where uh, the smartest scientist is Reed, is, no, Tony Stark. And the, the richest scientist is, well, the Wasp guy. But you know what I mean? Like, they never uh, – Reed Richards. Reed Richards has the money and the technology. Reed Richards right. should be building the Spider-Man suit. It's Reed Richards. Instead it's, of um, Tony Stark. Tony Stark, right, yeah. yeah. Well, that would have been a much, much better uh, – that would have made a lot more sense, and they wouldn't have had to – I don't know. They wrecked up Spider-Man. Okay, wait. i got to stop. Look, okay. this is her. Now she's not 14. Okay, I guess she's 24 now. Right, 10 years later. So that would make him, let's see, if he's a grad student, he had to be over 22. He's in his <laughs> so 30s. He's like, yeah, he's like 36 or something to her 24. So he, okay, this makes no sense again in the real world. Ben Grimm is like, if I'm going to pilot. No, he doesn't even say that. They just show up at their house to get these two kids to be their team their, in the rocket ship. Yeah, why not? Well, he says they're not astrophysicists, and then Ben Grimm says they know more about this project than anyone alive. But don't you think it's a big coincidence that the monarch who gets his face disfigured and becomes Doctor Doom happens to be the best friend of the guy who started Fantastic Four? I mean, all this is crap. Sounds like an origin story to me. Yeah, how about this? One thing happens somewhere, one thing happens somewhere else, and maybe they meet. It's what a coincidence. It's like. Wow, your best friend is Lex Luthor? <laughs> what a coincidence. He's this trying to look, stop you. This looks like Men in Black, I think. Men in White. The building, the building. Oh, the building. Now, you... about to meet the mole, who is not the mole. He's the jeweler. Okay. Oh, is he popping his head? Yes, he is out of the sewer pipe. He looks like, the but the thing is, <clears throat> I think the mole in the films was solitary, right? He didn't have minions, did he? I think he had minions, including oh. that big monster from the cover. Yeah. Kinda... Um, 
you know, I get the mole man mixed up with the mole from Mad Magazine, the guy who kind of like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah with a big nose, that ugly yeah. nose. <clears throat> okay, so Ben Grimm has just clumsily knocked into some lady who's dropped her <clears throat> statue. Is she because it's what's her name, Allison? His his love of his life. Great guess. It's Alicia. Alicia. Yeah, you know exactly who it is. So now they're going to meet each other, and then Ben Grimm's going to be like, "I'm in love." Now this is acting because she's blind. She's got to feel Ben's face. Now she got this job. She went to the audition. And there were all these, you know, she was a stage actress and there were all these like beautiful models there. And she's like, I'm the way I'm getting this. And when she, they had her do a very emotional scene and she did it and they're like, wow, you can really act. So she figured out all these models. I mean, they're yeah. eye candy. She got the jump. <clears throat> you know, you don't want her to be eye candy. It's, it's such a ridiculous thing anyway. Like the, the point is like in the seventies, at least she was blind. And right. that's why she loved the thing because the th and the, the thing felt that because right. she the deformity, see. right, right. But the thing felt it like she she never really had that issue because she obviously knew she was dating the thing. She could right? feel that she was hugging a rock. Right. It's not like oh, I can't see your face. I can't tell you're a giant rock fan. Now look, see the mole. Yes, he's taking a liking to our Alicia. Oh, this is complicated. So much so that he wants her to be his queen. Oh, the jeweler queen, of course. Ridiculous. Of course, that makes no sense. If you've talked about this before, how like the world is its own little universe, and you were just saying before, oh, it just coincidentally, Doctor Doom gets burned by the, you know, oh, you're right. Lex Luthor's boyhood friend. Oh, what a coincidence. Here's our goons again 10 years later. They're looking good. They must have some good goon insurance. <laughs> That's right. It could be they're looking good because really it wasn't 10 years later. It was like the next day of filming. This took 25 days to shoot. But they never released this movie. That's right. We, you know, anytime you want the history of this movie, we talked about it the first year of our show when we watched it, and it's in the documentary, which makes it so fascinating. The story of this movie is the movie is good, but the story is even better, you know. And I have to give credit to the movie that the movie is entertaining on its own. But yeah, without the backstory. Yeah. Now this crystal here. Remember, I told you like it was too much energy from Colossus, and it right. started frying the circuits and gave in the you know. So that's why they got the whammy jammy. Well, now they've got anti whammy jammy crystal. All the power will go into the crystal and then be distributed out to the machinery, and it will have cooled. Colossus will have cooled, and they can harness the energy. The old anti-whammy jammy gun. That's uh, it. A crystal. Excuse me, crystal. Right now. Well, they're going to cut it with fentanyl and sell it for toys. Right? <laughs> Look at that big, like, close-up of a stop of a right. traffic light. Yeah, Commissioner Gordon called. He wasn't that single bat. <laughs> and the logo. So this um, burned Eichiger. Do I say it right? Burned Eichiger, right? He went to, he worked for Constantini Films, and he was a big wig over there. 
And he went to Stan Lee and was like, you know, in 80, what is it, 80? It's not in front of me right now, but it was in the 80s. And he said, we would like to make Fantastic Four. Now, back then, there was the Hulk on TV. You know what I mean? There was that Spider-Man. Like, they weren't making blockbuster movies. We watched the week. We watched uh, the Spider-Man TV show was repurposed into a theatrically released European movie. Yeah. We watched that version. Uh, Howard the Duck is a famous bad movie. That's always considered the first Marvel movie uh, made. Uh, it's terrible, but it, it's on YouTube, too. Did uh, you already watch it in your past life? Did you uh, already yeah. the show? None of the show we haven't done. My YouTube stopped, Carl. Okay, so I should pause. Yeah, I think there was like a power outage. And, uh... I'm at uh, 2203. Okay, hang on a sec. Yeah, there was just a, an outage. The light went out and uh, the TV went out. Neighbors don't want to hear this. They can't handle the truth. I have the window open behind me. There was a cat sticking its head in the window. Really? Not your cat? No, my cat. My cat was oh, okay. Um, so I'm at twenty two oh three. What about you? I'm waiting to I'm rebooting up my machine. Oh, okay. I'm gonna pause. What happened? Oh no, press go. Three, two, okay, twenty three oh three. Three twenty two oh three for those editing at home, Carl. Twenty two oh three. Three, two, one go. So the collector is coming up to Ben Grimm's girlfriend, who's not his girlfriend yet. Well, the mole man guy, the jeweler. The jeweler. It's so interesting. I like when when superhero movies come up with their own heroes. <laughs> right? They're like, fuck it. Sure, I can do uh Wonder Woman's friend uh villains, or I'll just come up with my own. What the hell? Yeah, right. That's right. We're already shooting. So, I mean, they didn't have the rights to this. Just Fantastic Four and Doctor Doom. They didn't have the Mole Man. In 1986, they spent $250,000. They gave it to Marvel and got the rights to this. But then it was scheduled to expire at the last second of 1992, December 31. They wouldn't give them an extension because they got some interest now in bigger. So... The only way he could keep the rights, Constantini films, was to start going into production of the movie. Okay, then that they they had you know they it didn't expire because they were in production. So right. so then he called on Troma Films first and had a lot of discussions with them, but Troma didn't want to touch it because. The Fantastic Four is beloved, and to make a movie of it, it wasn't going to be celebrated. You know, comic people were going to hate it, he thought. Now, hang on a second. When you say he thought, you're talking about Lloyd Kaufman, head of Trauma Films, on right. the documentary, saying, taking a deep breath of fresh air before speaking and mm -hmm. sucking all the oxygen out of the room, right? Yeah. All right? Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, too bad Trauma didn't make a Fantastic Four. I would definitely watch that as well. I probably won't. If it's Trauma, I probably won't be able to make it through it. <laughs> we only saw one Trauma film. We watched Trauma's War, right, which right. is an all-on assault, which, by the way, whew, boy, <laughs> my sides are still hurting from laughing that hard. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Mole Man has snuck into their ship and he took the real crystal and he gave him the fake one because he because... wants the real one. Look at him jumping through the lasers. Who's he looking at? Dr. Doom is watching him. Yeah, because Dr. Doom was going to take the crystal. Right. And then this guy just did it. So he's, Doom is like, ha ha, thank you for doing the job for me. We'll just now get it from you. It's very hard for me to sift through this as a Cool Keith fan and not think of Cool Keith's Dr. Doom's album, which just has four O's in it or like five O's, Dr. Doom, including the classic song, Dr. Doom is in the room. <laughs> Dr. Doom is in the room. Is that what was that gloom? No, okay, here we are. Wow, they must have spent their entire budget on this. Right, on buying the stock footage from NASA. Right. Good news, I got stock footage from NASA. Bad news is the Space Shuttle Challenger. Good night, people. Now, Corman was the next one he called, or maybe they talked at the same time, I don't know. <clears throat> Corman was like, hell yeah, we'll do it. A million dollars? No problem. No problem. I really think that Corman and uh, Carpalipolo burned really were going to release this thing. They just they had to make it, you know. I kind of don't know what's in burned burned's mind, you know. But Corman was going to release it. It was going to be a film that he thought was going to go to theaters. But in actuality, they just needed something in production so legally they can keep the rights to Fantastic Four. Yeah, you see this burned Echiger. He's the same guy who made the real ones, Mike. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, he must have, so he succeeded. He was able to hold on to the... Uh, yeah, and he did Fantastic Four, and he did the Rise of the Silver Surfer. Right, which, to be credited to you, are both terrible movies. This is yeah, so much better. Well, I don't know that this is better. This is old-fashioned, corny, go, let's go to space yeah. with the special look, effects. Well, that was the comic book. Now, look, the crystal is bullshit, so they're going to, again, get the whammy-jammy, just like Victor. How did the jeweler find a gem that looked exactly like the gem? <laughs> and if he found it, why couldn't he find the, another real gem, the other half of the other real I don't know. This is what I would say it doesn't make sense in the real world, but since you said it, I have the urge to go, Hey, it's a movie. You gotta forgive it a couple. No, you're right. It's bullshit. Look, there's the whammy jammy in action. See those colors? It's like right. 1964, 65. Oh, this is before 2001 came out in 68? <laughs> yeah, right. Look at this. That's another like 60 psychedelia. Like the whammy jammy's really fucking with them. Now, was it the same gamma rays that the Hulk got on Earth? Well, yeah, in space, it was gamma rays in the comic book. Right. And gamma rays, pretty much everything. You know, the spider, the spider on Spider-Man was just radioactive, okay? It, it was a gamma rays? No, it wasn't a gamma <laughs> But if Dr. Spanner, belted by gamma rays, turns right. into the Hulk. What about the Fantastic Four theme yep. song? Look at that. They're dead. Fantastic hey. Four died. And Doom's going, ah! Oh, how can he watch that? Where is he watching that? Because from the throne room. 
It's ridiculous. <laughs> it is ridiculous. And he would have a camera inside of Reed Richards' spaceship and see the mole guy. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. He had a satellite follow the spaceship, so the satellite fed the video yeah. to Tube's closed-circuit television set right in the throne room, which was but, not at the same angle as the throne. It was very obnoxious watching the TV because he had it like turned like this. Yeah. It was very uncomfortable. There was no TV in front of him when you see him on the throne. No, it's, it's on the side, so you have to actually sit like this on the throne and or, oh, or, or oh, get out of the Like, what's the point of having a throne if it's not facing the TV? <laughs> I'm the king of the castle, Alice. I'm the king. Turn my throne towards the TV, young lady. Ralph, we can only fit the flat of TV set on this side of the of our apartment, Ralph. The other side is the fire escape. Oh, Norton, why'd you give me this widescreen TV? <laughs> I wanted one right on the right on the dresser here in the kitchen. You know, yes, the dresser right here in the kitchen. You walk in the house and there's a dresser. It's outrageous. Now you know that I know that you know that a TV set could fit right on the dresser. I liked my vacuum tube chubby <laughs> black and white TV. Oh. Okay, so they've crashed, right? But look at the ship. It's all fucked up. But they're perfectly fine. Actually, his hair is even better. I think they got a haircut for the for the accident. It looks like his his hair makes him look like he already burst into flames. <laughs> <laughs> oh right he's johnny storm now come on like these superheroes are ridiculous what are you gonna do walk around the streets of new york on fire flame on like what all of manhattan is covered with spider webs and then flames <laughs> <laughs> oh let's go let's cross out no problem <laughs> Now, in one of the Avengers movies, it, like, talks about that, like, how innocent people get killed and, you know, because sure. the Avengers roll into town and fucking fight some robot and everybody, you know. Oh, Ultron fucked up some fictitious country, right? Yep, yep. yep. We're on this road into space. Yeah, that's some bullshit. Uh, Ultron. Ultron. <laughs> There's a whole civil war based on that. But nothing to do with this movie. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay, so now it's like Sue is invisible. And they're Whoa. like, what the fuck? What the yeah. fuck? Oh, there's this. Ha uh, uh, ha, I'm the better sibling. <laughs> so this woman was the con costume designer, or is it a band? And the name is Revive Richards. Isn't that funny? Like, it's, yeah. it's not Reed Richards. Okay, so in 93, he went to a place called Golden Apple Comics, a store on Melrose right. Avenue. Right down the street. And he went to buy Fantastic Four comic books for research. And I don't know, he's buying them and talking or whatever. And so he's he explained that he was the costume designer for this new thing. He's got to do the research. So, like, they all swarmed him. And we're like, are you going to do justice to this? He goes, well, that's why I'm buying the comics. Yeah, I'm reading up on it. I need a... Reeve Richards. I'm do you have any Marvel comics, my good Mar sir? Marvel. Mar Mar I'm looking for comics of the detective sort. Would you please? I'm making a movie based on the Fantastic Four. What's your budget? Oh, money is an object. <laughs> yeah, money's no, no object. Nobody is an object. Okay, so 
they're kind of stranded here and they're going to go through a lot of stuff. But I just want to explain something before it happens. An army's going to show up, but you got to know that they're a fake army. They're really Dr. Doom's, I don't know. Did they land they, in Doomlandia? They didn't land in Doomlandia. They land, I don't know where they landed, but they got found by Doom first, so he pretended the military found. Well, because, I mean, if, if Jeff Bezos sent a rocket out in space, <laughs> you know the police will be there when it crashes. <laughs> they got it for him. Fantastic Four is such a terrible live-action idea. You got a man on fire, then you got a guy who looks like I took my crayons when I was six and I drew a big rock monster. <laughs> right? Like, this movie has no budget, so I'm going to give it a hard pass on whatever the thing's going to look like in this film, right? <laughs> but I've seen the Fantastic Four movie in the sequel. Yeah. Michael Chiklis looks ridiculously <laughs> stupid in that green outfit. And then have you seen the last Fantastic Four? Yeah, I, the Silver Server. No, no, no. After that, there was a, a reboot remake. I'll have to watch it. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> or no, I shouldn't have to watch it. Oh, uh, definitely. Yeah, you definitely want to get the DVD for Netflix of that one. <laughs> well, if I can't stream it anywhere. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you know, check the dumpster. Have you checked, like, uh, not Redbox, but Dumpster Fire? They might have it. It's terrible. It's really lethargic. It's just boring. And uh -huh. oh, the only interesting thing in that movie, well, Michael B. Jordan's in it, and uh, he's Johnny Storm. Oh, uh, Michael B. Jordan. I, I mean, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I saw yeah. it. Yeah, you saw it. It didn't suck. Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. It didn't suck. Um, way down in Louisiana, close to New what's his name? What's his name? Michael B. Moore. What's his name? Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Way down in Louisiana, close to New Orleans, up into the woods and the evergreens, lived a country boy who never could read so good. Do you know the song? Jordan know Michael, B. Jordan. Michael Jordan be good. <laughs> Johnny be good, yes. Jordan uh -huh. be good. Let me try that at the open mic. I gotta write it. Okay. Hey, well, that's, I wish you best of luck. <laughs> Jordan, be good. Johnny, be good. It, all right. Michael, be Jordan. Okay. So there was this guy at Marvel. His name was Avi something who I just know that's an Israeli name. And he was going to, you know, make the big uh, budget Fantastic Four with Eichinger. And so he was the one who called up Roger Corman and said, look, I will pay you a million dollars. You just stop. Don't release the film. Cut everything off. And so Corman said, okay. And he explained <laughs> why. I was gonna, I'm going to make a big budget. I can't have this dirtying the wa polluting the waters. It would, I, would you feel that way if this came out? Uh, no, I think it would have been fun to come out. I think this was the time. Look how she's getting so passionate. She's rubbing the clay on her lips. Right. Now she's going to get abducted and stolen by the minions of the Molmad. Is the Molmad has minions? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, headsmen and minions. The jeweler. I don't know. This jeweler, it's unimpressive as credits. He's an English actor. Um, stage and television. Successful career in the States. 
uh, West End on Broadway across America. He appeared in the U.S. as Young Victor Company. I, I guess he he was a he was in some movies. He was on in a TV movie, Alice Through the Looking Glass. He was in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I don't know. He's got some chops. This is a delivery person, and we're having flirting. Yeah, yeah, this is really. But it's kinda... one-sided. Well, so the the movie were, the other movie, the last one was Josh Trank directed it. But oh. what I always amazed me about it, and I'm looking for, is that uh, Sue Storm, and then I guess the dad, like uh, Doctor Frank Franklin Storm, uh, they were both in House of Cards, and I was like, wow. I just sat through House of Cards and two of the actors are in it. I got that feeling like we have premium cable and then you watch like a show that's only on premium cable and they show up in a movie and you go, oh, that's those guys from that premium cable show I paid to watch. <laughs> what am I? Oh, what a ripoff this movie is. Now that's, it's the Sue Storm one you saw, right? Yeah. yeah. She is a, she was like a Ford agency model or something, but she got onto Guiding Light and her career took off. I mean, she was on Beverly Hills, uh, 90120 and Seinfeld and Darman the, Greg. The Sue Storm in which movie? Desperate Housewives in this movie that we're watching oh, now. Perfect. Well, that's oh, one thing I really liked about the documentary is that they gave the actors ample time to talk about this because they yeah. were being led on and they were encouraging them to go to these conventions and lead on their fans. No, and... I don't th I don't think so. I, I think that Roger Corman thought it was going to release. Right. But okay, I, sure. So Roger Corman. Okay. After they made the film, the post-production kind of, remember? Yeah. It halted. And I think maybe why would Corman do that? But there was a point where they were, I mean, maybe they were really, they really did feel this movie was coming out. And they yeah. went to these conventions and, uh, you know, most no notorious, which I really liked from the documentary, and I mentioned this the first time around, was that it was on the cover of a magazine I would go to, like, Tower Records and buy back in the day, cool. Film Threat. And it was on the cover of Film Threat magazine, the Fantastic Four, Roger Corman production, and it was the only magazine that was covering it. And it gave that it credibility. Whole, that guy was there the whole shooting, remember? He said he was there because he was really a fan. Right. The, the the publisher film thread was given access. So he was like the voice telling this is of course before the internet, but it you know, yeah. it was like you would read about it in Film Thread magazine. So you would get your news from Film Thread. It legitimized this. Somebody along the line knew that this would not be released, uh, ultimately and Well that that thing came out right at the remember he was there for the whole filming. I think I think that everyone thought it was going to be theatrical released, even Roger Corman at that point. Right. And don't forget, Carnosaur around that time came out as a theatrically released. It, you know, his films were theatrically released. Yeah, you know, what's funny is is what we're seeing right now, a lot of it is um, recycled Carnosaur sets. Really? Yeah. That was in the documentary we saw. Oh, my God. Well, we also watched Carnosaur. Yeah. L W A F L M O Y T. Yeah, what a disgusting. So it wasn't it just was the Carnosaur film. Yeah, it wasn't just Carnosaurs on the loose. Diane Land figured a way to make women get impregnated by Carnosaurs. Yeah, just by getting the virus. Yeah, you know, the the DNA was in you. 
I mean, after I saw that film, my carna was sore. Oh, man. Talk about a carnosaur. Oof. Okay. Now, they're like, they all know they have powers now, except Ben Grimm is not a freak yet. Okay. So they all know they have powers. Now, look, it looks like the army's showing up. Now, if this is really doom tricking them, that guy's American accent is excellent. He goes, begging your pardon, sir. I mean, it's excellent. (laughs) You know, they taught him in Latvia how to do an American accent. Right, Latvia. Well, they got the flags and everything. They're, they're making right. We're America. Hi. Home. Oh, Homer. You look like Homer. Right. Hey, dude. Yeah, what are you, Bart? Now they say, oh, no. Fire at that ugly monster thing. There he is. I'm Ben Grimm. I'm oblivious that I'm a rock. Hey, guys. Boy. Great to shake off those gamma rays. Whew, I tell you, I was drenched in them. I've got your new nickname. It's Rocky. <laughs> Don't you dare call me Rocky. He's got <laughs> the teeth. That's what the Clancy Street gang should have done. He hated the Clancy Street gang. Yeah, they would throw bottles at him, rocks. Okay, so there's an anatomic face you know, helmet he's wearing. And and he like he's moving the mouth, but you see how the lip moves and stuff? Right, yeah. You saw it in the documentary, right? Right. It, it, it's all mechanical, and apparently they did a good job. It you think it hurt us. the guy? It didn't hurt the guy, did it? No, I think he, the guy bitches about the... Not bitches, I mean, it's legitimate. It's, a, it's hot. Here it is. Uh, Cl- Claro found the to be the hottest fucking thing he ever wore he was this guy's a big stunt man it's not the same actor the actor who plays ben Grimm is oh, not right. who we're seeing on screen right now well that's a relief right <laughs> you don't have to wear the suit i'll, I'll do anything right act okay we well, gotta wear a suit uh... as a matter of fact they work together a lot like to, what how would you do it like what are your mannerisms sure that's yeah they did. <laughs> you see that a lot sometimes, like Doom Patrol. They have a guy voiced by uh, Brendan Gleeson, uh, Fraser. So it's like, wow, Brendan Fraser. But it, for most time, it's someone else, you know, acting. So here is a bunch of funny. Wait, are you talking about Brendan Fraser? Uh, Doom... He's on Doom, Doom Patrol. He plays the voice of a robot. So it's a live action guy in a robot suit. But it's the voice is him, so he must do it at a certain point. Well, I'm glad he's getting work. That's really cool. I yeah. just love him. Oh, he's terrific. He's the best part of the show. So now we're getting a bunch of jokes. You know, have a seat. Seat cr- collapses. You know, I'm going to take a blood sample. Not sure how I'm going to uh, do it. Hey, thanks for coming to my – I'm Alec Baldwin. Thanks for coming to my podcast, Here's the Thing. It's basically we're going to talk about you, the thing. So here's the thing with Alec Baldwin. <laughs> here's the thing right yeah. now. There he is. There he is. He's right there. Okay, now here's the thing. Now here's the thing. Come, uh, clobbering dive. (laughs) That would be cool. I hate that phrase. Unless the thing actually smashes through the wall after you say it. Yeah. Yeah. Now Johnny figures out. He says, "Flame on and flame off." I guess we figured out the magic words, Doc. 
really like a Shazam moment? <laughs> yeah. And thank God only burned his hand. Otherwise, his jacket would have caught on fire. Now, when I was first watching this thing, I was like, this is cheap. We never see him fly like in the comic. And then at the end, they satisfy. He oh, really yeah. Flies. This looks like a commercial for like an Activision game. Like, you ready to beat the doctor? Do, 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 do. <laughs> Activision presents Dr. Needles on Atari 2600. What? Whoa! Like, <laughs> that was actually pretty good. Pretty funny, you know. Yeah, that's the thing with this movie. No one's terrible in this film. They all do their job. Yeah. And in this documentary, you know, they really get the sense. I mean, they each have their, like, personalities we got to deal with. But you get the sense from the documentary. Uh, they all were very genuine. It was going to be a step up. You see, that's Latvia, and it's the castle. And that's really where they're being held. They think they're on an army base. Right, yeah. They think they're at, like, Cape Canaveral or Fort Knox. Right. Victor Von Doom. Dr. Doom is in the room. So what he's saying right now is, you know, they come to the conclusion they're going to suck out the the Colossus power out of the four of them and put it all into Doom. And he'll be like the uber-ultra being. Right. Oh, I see. That's stupid. <laughs> That's not Doom. <laughs> He wants to rub it into Reed's face. <laughs> well, he wanted Reed, you know, to get killed, and he was going to take the uh, jewel from the jeweler so that he could have his own whammy jammy steal the Colossus energy, okay? I guess he has to wait 10 years. It's not really explained. Right, that's the thing, right? Like, what's the rush now? Yeah. He should have planned to take it and used it during the 10 year. Well, what's happening right now is he's kind of doesn't need Colossus because he can steal it from the Fantastic Four. Because what he's got is his own whammy jammy sucker machine, and it no, takes their chest and sucks out their power. Is that the same actor under that mask? Yeah. Right. It's the guy we saw as young Victor. Oh, the henchman looking good. Looking good. Looking good. Nice turn. Guys look like uh, Walton Goggles and, I don't know. It's not a screenwriter friend. What is it? There's that stupid English cartoon, like Grommel and... Oh, right, yeah, Wallace and Gromit. Gromit. I shouldn't say stupid. It's not stupid. I enjoyed it very much, but I'm just looking back on it, thinking of it now, and stupid came to mind. Well, that's because you're an adult and you don't have a kid <laughs> in the room. But, yeah, no, it's good stuff. Listen, his cheese, and there was a wrong trousers, and there was like a were rabbit bunny, and there was a. That was a good one. Were rabbit. Okay, so right now they're going to see the jeweler say, We'll give you money for that jewel. And like the henchmen are like, you know, they're surrounding them and stuff. I don't know. Anytime these guys are around, it's a comedic moment. You see, I don't like that about the film. Sometimes Dr. Doom is comedic, like he's a goofy. monarch and other times when he's around the fantastic four he's fucking serious and he's the evil man you know you know when he he talks to his minions and it sounds dopey well you know i guess i guess like fantastic four never existed in a, in a vacuum i mean i guess it did ultimately with with the but because in the 60s it came out during like i don't know spider-man and dr strange they was the avengers and the iron man and 
they yeah. they had like other people to bounce off of. Uh, but I guess in this movie and in the Sony movies, they just they weren't part of that universe. Yeah, that's right. It, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is made by some other film conglomerate corporation right. than but, uh, Fantastic Four. Were. Well, they've been always like teasing that they're going to re- reintroduce the Fantastic Four in the movies and have the guy from The Office play Reed Richards. Well, uh, I think it's actually a very good time for them to add. They need some life in Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because what are they, they going to do? They're going to be like, hey, uh, unbeknownst to you, I too am a super scientist, billionaire genius with my own building in New York City. <laughs> but well, I waited for Tony Stark to die. Okay, wouldn't it be neat if their first film, uh, I guess you got to have the origin backstory, but I'm saying by the end yeah. of the film, they're on like the observation side of the Thanos bullshit, right? And they, so the first movie would be about them dealing as superheroes with half the population missing or whatever. Right, maybe one maybe of them is missing. Two, yeah, or something like that. And And do you remember that scene at the end when they're all – you know, like all the superheroes in the world come out to fight Thanos. Right. You, They could be just some boots on the ground, and we see the ending scene from their perspective, you know, with them, what's over the hill? Come on, Reed, you know, and, and then Sue will come back. Sue, you know. She'll be like, hey, they said this open mic was an open mic, but I, I the raffle is bullshit. They picked my name. I was like 32. I think they did that on purpose. Yeah. They don't know me. It was the superhero open mic, right? Yeah, superhero open mic. And we're going to do a bucket. We're going to do a bucket. Uh, number 39, Sue Storm. <laughs> well, the first, one, bullshit. the first one picked was uh, Thanos, because when they yeah. all came, they were looking at him, so it was all comedians in the audience. And then number two is Anthony Quinn. Number three was the Wasp. <laughs> it's a bit rigged. It was rigged. Okay, so now they've abducted Alicia, and they're like, we want the diamond. And he goes, no, it's for my girlfriend. And there's this funny scene where they pull out guns to threaten them, and then the whole room pulls out guns on them. Oh, all right. It appears how outnumbered. So they kick him out. One of the best things about Fantastic Four was when they weren't the four Fantastic Four. There was a robot in uh, one of the animated series. They they couldn't license oh, one of the characters. Torch. Yeah, the Human Torch was replaced by Robbie the Robot kind of little guy. Yeah, it was like Herbie or like he was Fantastic Five. Mm-hmm. And also in the comics, uh, She-Hulk was a member. I don't remember that. Well, you should I... check out... The mm-hmm. Terrifics, right? The DC comic. It has Plastic Man. It has Professor <laughs> Mister Terrific. It has like uh, this girl who's a ghost who kind of is invisible, and then it has like this big hulking guy. Does it have Water Man instead of? Yeah, they have Water Man. They said, "Fuck you, Marvel. If you're not gonna do Fantastic Four, we'll do one." <laughs> so they're like. Okay, he said no, Dr. Doom. So Doom was like, I will take care of this personally. He's going to get the... the um... Maybe the crystal is needed to suck the whammy jammy out of them, Mike. I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's not about waiting 10 years. Well, yeah, they're going to keep him in the castle for 10 years? No, right, right now they're... Whoa, Batman. I think that wipe, yeah, that was for fighting. 
Instead of spending the money on a fight scene, they did that. So they knocked out the guards because they're starting to – well, they don't know it's doom or anything, but, like, something's not right. Right. Yeah, man, the Fantastic Four movie with Michael Chiklis wearing a trench coat and he's like in the rain in the alley and he's like yeah. seeing his girlfriend with someone else. He's like all sad or whatever yeah. it was. It was just like... That's straight out of Kirby, by the way. Oh, yeah. And he's kind of pouring rain on you. Yeah, it's pouring rain in the alleyway as the thing is, you know, going through some personal trauma and then clank, clank, bam, on the side of his head. The yo, he clancy screen, boy! <laughs> See you later, Rocky. Don't call me that. But they all talked in that like Kirby Brooklynese, or they're like, "Yo, we're the newspaper boys, we're newsies, we're the newsy corps." Yeah. Hey, they call me Mumbles. I don't. Well, they call me Mumbles. And uh, uh, my name is Flipper. I I like to. I have a scuba gear. Everything I say is Flipper. Maybe we can go in the water. Not yet, Scuba Man. The guy, he's got his hat sideways. Yeah, right. And he talks like this. Yay. They call me the mouth. What's all we were so hot on you? The News Legion boy just like, and then they go fight in World War II. Because Kirby, like, he had a guy, like, him and his partner, they, they were cranking out World War II comics, mm-hmm. including Captain, the original Captain America and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, Mariner was in it. Yeah, and it was like the Newsboys, the News Legion or something. And then when he went back to D.C. in the 70s, he said, you know what? I'm going to take my old character that I did, bring him back. The News. You know, uh, preteens from the 40s really got a bad rap with this fucking play called Newsies. Because now they all, you think they all sell the paper. I mean, it, do you remember uh, the Baxter Boys with Satch and Moe? Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, those are the real, like... Like, that's what we should be calling, not newsies, we should be calling them, uh, what was the name of that gang? They were all in the gang. Now you lost me, man. The Bowery Boy. The back. Oh, the the Dead End Street. Yeah, the Bowery Boys. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm just bemoaning the fact that Newsies fucked that up for the people of that era. Oh, thank I, God. They, you mean now we can't watch the, the Dead End Street kids or whatever? They was, no, uh, but now, like, anytime you see some kid from the 40s, like a nine yeah. years old or something, you, you think, think he's Christian a Newsies. Bale singing a number, yeah. It's not it's a I miss, I miss Newsies. How, how do I know when the early evening edition is out, right? I don't. It used to be some kid would just tell me, extra, right. extra. Barrows the web. Someone got shot. We got a picture. Early edition, early evening edition. Yeah. Oh, the early evening edition's out. <laughs> Late in the evening edition, final evening edition. The evening paper wasn't the paper of the day. It was like one extra section printed that had some breaking news shit, you know? Yeah, usually it's like breaking news and then it's just repurposed. Yup. And second edition wasn't out every day. It was a fucking newsworthy day, like the presidential election or something. I don't know. Like the newspapers were so dense with information. It wasn't like mm-hmm. that was where people, the information all came through there. Yep. Okay, Dr. So Doom. Now what we're getting is like, we're learning his plot. You guys aren't going anywhere. I'm going to suck the juice out of you. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. Now for some stupid reason, and, and the writers weren't rookies, He's going to pull the super uh, supervillain thing of leaving the room and uh, having his henchmen do it. 
Oh, right. Plus, the Fantastic Four kicked their ass. He is royalty. He's not going to get his hands dirty. No, but he's got whammy jammy powers and stuff, you know? But they don't realize that, like, Bob Odekirk from Nobody is in the house. (laughs) He looks like nobody. He's nobody. He's Mr. Nobody. Who are you? I'm nobody. Punch me a couple times so I can kick you back. I don't know about that, old man. Now, the actors themselves were the ones who, like, were doing the promotion and paying for the promotion. Right. When this thing got was in post-production, like, they stopped spending money on it. They weren't rushing to edit it, you know, and they weren't promoting it. They had to, like, guerrilla warfare edit it on their own. And um, they, like you had said before, they went to, they did a movie, uh, they went to comic conventions, and they did this, like, premiere in which they showed the trailer. Yeah. And they were going to open it at Mall of America in Minnesota. Okay, so apparently this Avi guy was in Puerto Rico, and he had a Fantastic Four t-shirt on because he wanted to make the big budget Fantastic Four films. And this kid on this on in the in the you know hotel or whatever said, "Hey, are you going to the Fantastic Four premiere?" And Avi was like, "What Fantastic Four premiere?" So that's when he called Roger Corman and said, "Look, I'll give you a bunch of money. Don't do this. Don't make it. Cease and desist. Halt." And that's when Corman called it off, and it wasn't premiered. Wow. But then it didn't stop because this is, you know, this was after Newsies, but before the internet. So what we had was bootleg <laughs> copies, and that's how people knew about it. In yeah. 1994, if you wanted to see this movie, you would go to a hipster video store, like right. like a Tongue in San Francisco or or the Other Eye, and Third Eye, and then they would have it for rent, and it would be like. This is it. This is the bootleg 1994 Roger Corman Fantastic Four. <laughs> bootleg, it, exactly. Yeah. And it would be like, it would be of this quality, if not even worse, like sixth generation dubbed. Yeah. Uh, only the set. director says that he brought it to a dub house to, you know, like they would print out mass copies of stuff for the major film. He said, look, I just need two or three copies of this. He says that's probably the day it got leaked. They, took it, and some co- copy guy was like, cool! Fantastic, yeah, fantastic four. four! I'm getting a copy of this! And, because they didn't have the negatives, that's why uh, the only copy that Oli had was not from the negatives. It was a kind of crappy one, but he was right. like, that's all he had, so he's like, dub this, please. And that's why it was born bad-looking. Right. Yeah, which is, it's fine. It works. <laughs> What's so now, his favor? Yeah, now stupid Doom comes in the room. It's like, what happened here? God damn it. Guys, I turned my back, and suddenly there's a four logo. We're back in the Baxter building. This won't stand. I gave no, 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 no. you had one job. You had one job. Kill the Fantastic Four. How can you fuck that up? I left the room. I closed the door on you. <laughs> I... I, I, I that reminds me of Superman three when he's on the phone with Reed with uh Wyatt, Richard Pryor. Yeah. And he's like, I ask you to kill Superman. <laughs> you can't even do that one little thing. Yeah, right. All I ask is you be in a room with the thing, a man who will burn you on fire, a woman who will choke you to death when you least expect it. And so a guy who will trip you of- because this doesn't make sense anymore in the world again. Like, they're out of Latvia, and boom, they're home. 
and like back of the I don't know. yeah but i mean it would be like if it was i don't know you you call the cops and say well, i was abducted i mean you know what i mean they were just like we got we got away you're right where he knows where you i you know, saw find. the movie they were in lafia there was a four logo went right into the screen and Woo! then you're back at home <laughs> what, what, what i don't understand what do you want it got from A to B with thanks to the number four. <laughs> I so, love that hair leg. Right now, like Sue was getting all sweet saying, look, if anything happens, like she, she was almost about to say, I love you. You know what I mean? And he go, he goes, why am I so shy around you? And he goes, what'd you say? Why am I so shy around you? Shy. That's why you turn invisible. You're a hothead, Johnny. That's why you flame on. Yeah, it's I, I so corny. Yeah. You're a rock hard erection, and that's why you're the thing. <laughs> you always feel to use brute strength when scientific know-how would have gotten you there quicker, Ben. So he's saying Colossus took, you know, our DNA was altered. He's got the blood. He says Colossus took, like, what's the worst of us and turned it into a strength. Reed, that's such a stretch. Exactly. Exactly. See, you get it. Yeah. <laughs> On the nose. <laughs> yeah. They're going to so, do the superhero. They're going to do the superhero open mic. There's nobody here, Reed. Go up, do time, stretch, stretch. <laughs> Well, that's been my time. Think that it show up. Stretch, read, stretch. <laughs> stretch. Stretch. Yeah, then here, blades of the thing. Okay, guys, here's the thing. That's my catchphrase. So the same time, that that magazine article you talked about said it was going to be released on Labor Day weekend, 93. And I guess... Right. But in the end, the Mall of America was set for January 1994. And sure. Yeah, but before they put the halt on it. Well, that magazine was shady at best. So it was always interesting to see his side. Like, he got roped into it. You know, it wasn't like he knew this wasn't going to happen. It happened. But they, I do feel like somebody higher up knew this would never get off the ground. Someone well, knew going... They they approached Troma and they approached Corman. They did it because they they had to get something off the ground to extend the rights. And all you yeah. had to do was go into production. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a million dollars for something that's worth billions. Well, if he always knew, it's very possible. But I just think, oh wait, I I just think that uh, Corman didn't know. This was this is not our actor and it's not our stuntman. It's oh. just got right. They, when they were editing, they realized the thing says, fuck this, I'm out of here. But where does he go? The next thing you know, he's with Mole Man. So they had to do a middle thing in which he walks the earth. So this is not our actor. Wow, it's a different thing. Right. And this was done after everything was shot. And it was, you know, months later when they were this editing. Movie, this movie has some complexities to it. There's so many things. Yeah. You know, probably every movie does and we just never know it. This one didn't get launched, and these people felt ripped off. So that's why we know about it, you know? Right. Well, part of it was like the bootleg kind of went about. Yeah. And one thing I like about the documentary it was showing the bootlegs, that the ones yeah. that were selling at conventions, the ones that they were selling at, at record stores or whatever. 
you know, the premise of our podcast is that these are movies that we just read about or I read about mm-hmm. and never had a chance to see. And it's so great to have it on YouTube. Absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> oh, the outfits. You guys Every- like it? I ripped off the Incredibles, seven eyes, <laughs> four. No, she sewed them herself, you know? So. And, and they're just waiting for Ben to come back. Now, in 2005, Stanley said out loud in front of a whole crowd of people that the movie was never supposed to be shown to anybody. And the cast and crew had been left unaware. He says that. Yeah, then, I know. But then Eichinger dismissed these claims, stating that we had a contract to release it, and I had bought out that contract. I was, you know, they, they bought out that contract. And he says later, Lee's version of the events is definitely not true. It was our original intention to make a B movie, that's for sure. But when the movie was there, we wanted to release it. So he claims no. And this Avi from Marvel was the one who put the halt on everything. Huh. But the but the actors still feel like it was never supposed to be okay this again this was all filmed after it was shot that's not our actor and and i don't think they're credited i don't know but what we've got now is the mole man finding the thing see the next i'll tell you when it's back to our regular actor yeah okay from this point on we're back to the regular film that all that She's forced to be the queen jeweler. Yeah. yeah. It's so stupid. So it just happens to be the gir- the girl who fell in love with a guy who b- knocked her statue over and broke it. Right That's- before he turns into the thing. Right. Before, not after. Right. So she gets kidnapped by a jeweler. And then she's saved by a guy who was she met cute, but now he's a monster. Right. Yeah. Okay, so he says, boss, we got a new member. And, and Mole Man goes, so what? And he goes, no, boss, you got to see him. He's a fucking rock. Oh, well, there's jewels from rocks, right? Does he at least say that? He is a jewel. No, no. Are there any other superheroes or villains in this world? Uh, there's the jeweler there's dr doom well if they made a sequel there would have been but they were always hanging they were always bumping into spider-man spider-man got trapped in their escalator or what was it their glass elevator did you ever see that issue in the fantastic four yeah i think so it was like meet spider-man I I didn't I don't remember that. Now I read the Fantastic Fours through all the sixties, all the seventies. Sure. And then I kind of stopped collecting because I got older and there were girls and right. you know. So maybe I have like one or two from like eighty one. I don't know. I it dropped did you, off my uh, radar. Did you ever see the issue where they introduced Black Panther? Yes, and it was yeah. Kirby's art. Very right. nice. He he says, "Fantastic Four, come, uh, uh, match wits with the Black Panther, and they go to Wakanda, mm-hmm. and he says stuff like he these traps for uh, Fantastic Four, and 
Fantastic yeah. Four flips through them and they're like, okay, let's be friends. You, you passed <laughs> my test. That's exactly right. See, I, I found out from uh, Ancestry.com that I'm 17% African-American. And at 17% African-American, I'm not from Wakanda. I'm from like Wakanda. Are you going to do that? Then you go sing your Michael B. Jordan song? That was material. Clearly, you knew it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I smelled it like a half a block. I away. dropped that joke. I've dropped any joke that has anything to do with any, you know, like racy race or, you know, anything like whatever's really inappropriate. I just don't tell them anymore. You know? Yeah. It's not your wheelhouse, man. You don't want to. It is my wheelhouse. It is. Those are funny fucking jokes to me, but but people don't appreciate them. So just don't do them. You want me to like you. It keeps things simple too. If you just like, you know, you want people to focus on your jokes and focus on, on the humor. You don't want people to second doubt or like go, well, wait a yeah. minute, you yeah. know, because yeah. of this and that. And, you know, I don't really think it's, and then like, they're, you know, yeah, good, good, good on us <laughs> here at the superhero. Open I, bike. I, 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 they call I, it the bucket system at the Super uh, Hero Open Mic, but how come the Fantastic Four go four, four in a row? Yeah, the Fantastic Bump, man. Four yeah, in a but, row. Okay, so now he's realizing, look at this handwriting. Victor is still alive. Victor is doomed. Oh, thank God, because this movie has been still going on. I now, here's Darth Vader entering the rebel ship to get the plans. Right, Dr. Doom is in the room. And he's bulletproof, we learned. And he's bouncing the bullets back onto the guy so they all die. Doom got fucked up, and that's why he covered his face with an iron mask. Yeah. And it was some kind of uh, ritual, right? And it sizzled. Yeah, you see, it's it's like the suit helps, like, uh, secrete oil on his skin or some crap. Right. Like it, it, it's a mm -hmm. mental thing as much as a superhero costume. And in the comics, he had electricity. He would yeah. zap people. He would taser people with his hand, finger. Well, Kirby, also, Kirby also had uh, uh, the Red Skull, who had like a mask that put on his face and sizzled his face. To... Stuck on. Yeah, so it was always this creepy thing with him. Yeah. Yeah. The Red Skull looks that way in the cinematic universe one. Yeah, they don't really give an origin of the Red Skull. I see the Red Skull pop up in, in Marvel Comics. I'm like, why, why are you writing comics about the Red Skull, dude? Well, he yeah. was supposed to be the enemy of Captain America because Hitler was part of real history. So he couldn't... You know, you would see Hitler in the Captain America comic book. Sure. But um, not like he was the villain that Captain America ever fought. He always fought the Red Skull. And they threw in Hydra instead of just like the Stasi or or uh, the Gestapo. They had Hydra. Yeah, yeah, right. It's own secret force. Wow, Fantastic Four. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't like this in the sequel to the first batch. They had uh, Galactus show up, but he wasn't like Galactus robot. He was like a, a, a swarm. Galactus was a like gas. Well, let me tell you in a second, okay? Yeah. Okay, so he's got Alicia. So he's like, "Come here, and I'll, you know, I'll shoot, you know, so do a lot of damage before you get here." Then Alicia says, "I love you," 
and that makes uh, Ben all soft inside, and he's no longer the thing. He's Ben. Now, get out of here. This is the only time we'll see this in the film. You would think this would be such a plot point. I've discovered how to cure myself, something like that. Right. But no. Were you trying to make a joke that she didn't see? That's the only time she didn't see that he changed it to the. Was I trying to make that joke? No, I was just saying that. Okay. That's what happens in the film. I'm surprised that they don't. they, it's see, it's poorly written. It's out of nowhere. This guy, this writer's for real. Let me tell you about him. Uh, Craig J. Nevis, and also a guy named Kevin Rock, which is Kevin Hart and Chris Rock married. First screenplay was Happy Together, Columbia Pictures, Patrick Dempsey, Helen Slater, uh, and right. Brad Pitt's first film. But then he got sucked into the Roger Corman world and he wrote all these corman films including death doors oh no 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 he also wrote on his own as a producer death door starring david carradine and step monster by alan thick oh i want to see that i want to see step monster with alan thick i saw it maybe i think it sucked ass was it better (laughs) than monster-in-law uh no monster-in-law was better Okay. I guess you didn't like Monster in Law. No, I just wanted to make sure that my monster. Uh, yeah, I got to keep them straight. Yeah. Okay, so now Zoom Doom is like, hey, I got Alyssa and I got the laser and I'm going to zap New York City unless you guys come to me so I can do the whammy jam. And here's what the laser does. So come give me your power. I'm going to suck it out of you with my anti-whammy-jammy machine. Or I kill Alyssa and I blow up New York. <laughs> Hang up. Hang up. Yeah, doom out. <laughs> yeah, doom out. <laughs> Get the drip. Doom out. One million dollars. Bye. He didn't have to throw in that Austin Powers line. One million. That was very funny. Actually, that's not a lot of money. Well, what is a lot of money? Yeah, right. Then they can't afford it again. (laughs) So now Reed's like, I'll just take care of it on my own. It's my thing with Victor. I'm the one he blames. And then they go, we're a team. What's going to work? Teamwork. What's going to work? Well, teamwork makes the dream work. All right. Uh, All right. Settle down, children. Teamwork. It's just a job. It's just a job. Look, I'm pretty. We're like greasing up the lens so I'm all out of focus. No, I don't know what's going on. This is the same set like in Lafayette. Well, it's it's all Carnosaur stuff. You see that bubbly thing they made there, that little piece of art? That's probably new, but this, like, four walls was Carnosaur stuff. You can still see Diane Ladd sitting in the back acting. Yes, with the strings. Look, look, it's art. It's it's animated. I can't even see, like, it's so blurry. Yeah. 
It's our copy, right? Now they're inside of Doom's place. Duh, it doesn't make yeah, sense. It looks the same. It looks the same building. I mean, you know, look, if you went from New York City to Eastern Europe, right. I mean, that's a serious long-ass flight. you got to make Listen, a connection. But you're talking about doing it. As someone who watches your exploits, I just want to see the New York City corridor, and then I want to see the interior corridor hallway in the Lafayette. That's it. Created bullet trains to get there in forty-five minutes. Yeah, just stand on this moving elevator uh, sidewalk. Right. Uh, yeah, it'll take you to <laughs> this building to the next. Okay, so they walk in like, "What's going on? Nobody's confronting us." Right. And then he could... Four laser beams. Right. Well, they're 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 like containment beams, and they can't get it. They're paralyzing them, and they're gonna. He's gonna suck out their power with tickly tickly anti-whammy jammy device jeweler told me to build three of these tubes i said you idiot four <laughs> i don't know dude he told me the costs are astronomical. it's gonna be worth it trust me <laughs> Why here you are to... it's the things that doesn't work you at the boss i thought you said the fantastic three you idiot yeah here's the thing the thing is the fourth one <laughs> here's the thing the thing is the fourth one I'm doing it at the open mic. Just kidding. You know, so now we get some serious yeah. acting. I'm sorry, but why don't you even put up the volume if you want? Now I'll he's like up the volume. talking about his crippling, you know, and why he blames him. Look at his hands, the way he has. Look at his an actor. Look at that. Doom, I'm sorry. Can you take the mask off? I can't hear you. Can you take your face cipher you off? Turn the sound down again. Why? Why is do you like that, Mike? Look His at me. Mouth Behold the monster you've made. There you go. A why to your grave. Sorry, his mouth diaper is covering up the way he speaks, and I wish he'd take it At off. At the end of the film, they made a mistake, and they 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 didn't overdub the thing's voice with the effect, and he just sounds like the regular actor. Oh, it's clobbering time. Yeah. Yeah. It's during a wedding, and he's like, stand back, everybody, and it's like, <laughs> he just sounds like a dude. Well, I gotta say, like, uh, in the 80s, it was a big event called Secret Wars, where all the superheroes get whisked to a magical planet. And at the end, at the end of the 12 issues, all of them leave except for the thing. He stays on this magical planet. Yeah. And he, and then he has his own uh, comic called The Thing, where he would meet, like, creatures that were, like, the Yancey Street Gang, but they were <laughs> aliens. Okay. And at the end, the enemy was himself all along. It was, it was Ben Grimm wearing a, a monk's outfit. That's he revealed it. It's like, yeah. And then he went back. That was probably one time he was on the leave of absence. They redid the look, Secret look, Wars. See the tickling? Ah, it was funny at first, but now it's annoying. Right. I You're uncontrollably tickling me. Well, I did that to you on Fish Burgers. We pretended it was yeah, a right. shock. Okay, so how are they going to get out of this 
anti-whammy-jammy tickling machine. Right, they're, they're getting all their superpowers sucked out. Yep, that's right. And it's all going to go into doom somehow, which is never explained. So Reed uses his stretchy pants and uh -huh. stretches under the beam. I don't know how. And then kicks the beam off of them. I was going to say, it didn't look like a secure beam at all. <laughs> Did you check your beam? I think it might be your beams, doctor. You're, yes, beaming, thank you. you're, beaming, you're beaming too critically. Okay. Get them! It's clobbering time! It's clobbering time. Oop, here comes the fireball. Yeah, Johnny, they're like, Johnny, make a... Oh, bonk! So they, is she invisible, or is she just transparent? She's invisible. She, like, ducked out of the way, and they didn't see it. I so, don't know. Check this out. They go, Johnny, make a hole in the wall. So Johnny says, I'm on it. He goes, flame, 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 flame. And by the time they've kicked the ass of everyone in the room, the thing is like, I'll just do it. And he smashes through the wall. I, I would mention, if you're a fan of Doc, uh, Fantastic Four, they redid Secret Wars, where Doom created his own planet. Mm -hmm. And he, he keeps, and he finds a universe where uh, Sue Sue married him and has his own children. Uh huh. And the sun is Johnny Storm, and the the orange wall is the thing. It's pretty cool. All right. Yeah. Now, look, they... that's the first time she's used the force field ever. Right, the invisible wall. Yeah, invisible wall. He goes, no, it's too late. It's too late. The laser's going to fire, and it's going to kill New York City. Just sure. like Terminator episode. I don't think you were you weren't part of the Fish Burgers. Oh, that episode? No, I don't think I was, Carl. Yeah, you were off at Brandeis or San Francisco. I don't know. No, and I think I was still in college back then in 90. When you would come home. Okay, so now we really see the cool-ass you know, now we see the human see fly, yeah. yeah. And he's fiery, like a. He looks like the comic. It was well done. Um, I used to come home for like Hanukkah for uh, Christmas. Right, yeah, yeah, no, I would come down for the holidays. And you say, Carl, leave me alone. I mean, no, we're filming content. We are making fish burgers. Let's go. Put on this costume. Well, it's something that we. I mean, I worked at a banquet hall, and I had a tuxedo. And we did I was uh, you a lift to work, right? Yeah, and we shot like War in the Gulf, and I was re news journalist, and it just happened to be wearing a tuxedo during the whole thing. It was perfect. I put a microphone in your hand for my band. Yeah. In the stack was the Gulf Station. You could see the sign. You're like, War in the Gulf. It is incredible. This war in the Gulf. Shot at the Gulf Station. Meanwhile, I was dropping you off, but that was before college, was it? Or you used to work there. Yeah, I worked there during college as well. Now we have the big confrontation between Doom and Richards, finally. You know? You right. betrayed me. The thing is, Victor stayed in that room. You know, I guess he's saying that Reed should have stayed there too or something. <laughs> Look at my fangs. This kid's got claws. <laughs> you know, it was always like, they, they, you need this animosity. You need this, like... Right. Now, Richard's stretchy, stretchy power just keeps punching Doom down. And this was the last film sh uh, shot. This was the last uh, scene. I don't know if I can say that. He had to come back to do this. This oh. is a big fall. So he's like, 
please help me. We were friends once. Look at this, man. Look how cool Johnny. It looks pretty cool. Now, if you know fire, it is it needs oxygen. It is uh -huh. a chemical reaction. Like it's it's turn you know only the carbons left as it oxygen mixes with whatever's burning. There's a laser beam would go right through fire. Right through fire. So I don't understand how he can stop the laser beam. It doesn't make sense. You got to give Johnny Storm a lot of latitude because in real life he would just burn everything. Or yeah. Be like a flame. You know, people would be petrified of the guy. Yeah. So if he exists, you know, you got to give him some oxygen, Carl. So Doom is like, will you help me? And then Reed Richards is like, okay. And then Doom is like, <laughs> you're a sucker. And then his he slips out of his glove. Right. It's shoddy workmanship. Made in Lafayette. This way, oh. Reed didn't kill him. Reed was going to help him. He Dude, killed look, him. Yeah, look, at it. look at that cold-blooded eyes of Reed Richards. <laughs> Bits of dead. Dr. Doom. So Dr. Doom dies. Yeah. But you know he never does. In the comic book, he fell into a volcano. And oh, so even worse. Yeah. There's some interesting Fantastic Four stories. The, sooner they, the problem about introducing them in the movies would be like, geez, after 20 years of like, it's not even real life anymore. There was this big blip and all this bullshit. Don't you remember, like, the crawl, and there was that... Watch how Johnny stops it, right? He just gets in its way. This is good graphics, I think. I guess, yeah. Ragdoll. Well, for its day and for a million-dollar budget, and but aren't you being entertained? I mean, he's all... Yeah, yeah. It's more entertaining than a lot of other Fantastic Fours. <laughs> he's pushing back the laser beam, which makes no logical sense. There was a six, 1960s comic uh, cartoon yeah. show, The Fantastic Four. And yeah. like Spider-Man, it had its own theme song. Now, look, he's in space, and there you need oxygen to burn flame. and Or maybe he's just in the stratosphere. Maybe he's just Cheetos. Like, it's flaming hot Cheetos that, that cover them. <laughs> so what were you saying? The animated cartoon, do you mean the one, like... Um, in the 60s. What, yeah, there was, it was on Saturday morning cartoons. It had a theme song. Yeah. I don't remember. Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Don't Breakers, go to sleep. Breakers. You're not a bore. <laughs> oh, you're doing uh hey, hey here comes Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. Well, whatever a Fantastic should. Stay awake. Don't you snore. Okay, so you now. Promise they're not a bore. <laughs> The actor just said it with his. Now he's he's got his uh, his worked on voice, his overdubbed voice. But we a just second ago it wasn't. Now here comes the worst effect of this whole film, and it's at the end. It looks like Doctor Seuss. That arm. <laughs> well, he has a job at a used car lot, so he figured he might as well. <laughs> Lincoln. They got a Lincoln Town Car limo. Very oh, nice. Oh wow. Very nice. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we did it. Carl, what do you think of this movie? I I liked it. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I liked it. I like this movie a lot. 
It's, okay. it's cheesy, it's cardboard, but don't it delivers. Think, don't you think the Thing's costume was too small? It looked too much like a man. Like in the cart, like he should have had broader shoulders, a bigger chest, and a you know a torso. That they did what they had to do. It's like watching. It's like watching stop motion animation. You go, I know this is fake, but this is as real as it looks. <laughs> so I I gave him a pass. I mean, he didn't look as bad as Michael Chiklis, and he didn't look as bad as uh, I don't even remember the other Fantastic Four, but. It's a. It's either going to be a CGI suit or a guy wearing a rubber rubber shoulders. Yeah, I guess if it was done today, it would be CGI totally. Right. So I wonder when they when they finally crank it. I enjoy this movie. I'm glad it's available on YouTube again. It's worth a watch. Uh, it definitely get the the story in itself. Doom is also the documentary on YouTube. Make an afternoon. Always great to see it. Last time we'll ever have to watch another Marvel movie. <laughs> okay, well, that was the Fantastic Four here on Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We hope you enjoyed it, uh, listening to it on a Sunday afternoon on our podcast, on our YouTube channel. We'll be back next Sunday. We'll be back here on Mutiny Radio. We'll be back on your podcast feed. And, yes, we'll be on YouTube. Carl, next week's movie from 1979 King Brat. 1979. King Brat. F R A T. Tune in again next Sunday at 2 Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm. And then please subscribe to L W A F L M O I T, please. <laughs> and listen to the podcast on Sunday, please. And then subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, Carl, thank you so much. What a great time. It was thank fun. You, Michael. Always fun to watch a Marvel movie with you. I I am just it's a it's a Marvel movie. <laughs> All right, sounds good. I'm gonna go play in traffic, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much. We'll see Let's you next watch week. A full
Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. How are you, man? Hey, Mike. Good to see you. Thank you for... I'm happy to be back here and ready to watch a great film together with you on YouTube. Well, that is the premise of our acronym. We are a podcast. We are a live streaming. Premium. That is, if you're alive, you could stream this first on mutinyradio.fm, where we are right now as we are every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Go ahead, type in mutinyradio.fm, check out the station, and on Sunday at 2 p.m. PST, go ahead and hit play. We're also a podcast, audio, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, that's our acronym, and most importantly, we have a YouTube channel. We want to watch a full-length movie with you. We are going to find a movie on YouTube, and we're going to watch it with the sound off. You're going to watch the movie with us. Yeah. And you're going to listen to our podcast at the same time. Unless, of course, you're watching the video. Hello, we have a movie to present to you. That's really exciting, Carl. I'm really excited. Okay. Uh, okay. And don't forget, Mutiny Radio has a lot of great stuff. So when you go to mutinyradio.fm, not only you can figure out a way to channel that station, check out our archive, you can also donate. Hit the donate button or go to Venmo and donate money to at Mutiny Radio. Carl, what is the movie today? Today, we will watch Saturn 3, 1980. Isn't that easy to put in the search engine of YouTube? Saturn, then the number three, okay. and then 1980. And I spell out 1980. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. It All is right. numerically, right. You don't even need Roman numerals. It is 1980. Right. Well, hey, gang. 43-year-old movie. Saturn 3 from 1980 is on YouTube and we're gonna watch it. So go ahead, type in Saturn 3, the number, and then of course, 1980. And Carl, who is hosting our movie? Well, I just caught it here, I looked it up. It is video for you to see. Now you'll only find one thing, so I'm not gonna tell you the cool way they wrote for you to see, but because oh. when you get there, that will be for you to see. I'm not yeah. telling you. Very Prince-like. Okay, so videos for you to see is hosting the movie we're gonna be watching. Saturn 3, we want you to click the link. The movie's going to play. There's no ads. I didn't get an ad. No, Just get pause I didn't get an ad. And then move the timer back to zero, zero, zero. When you hear go, we want you to hit play with us, and we'll start the movie. That sounds complicated. Don't worry. We'll give you a couple minutes to get yourself set up because we have a special feature coming up. The go is going to be said by none other than a celebrity comedian. Carl not only produces the show, wrote this theme song, and syncs up the video, He's went out of his way to talk to a celebrity comedian. Carl, take it away. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Celebrity Countdown, this time with Nick Kina. Welcome, yes. Nick. Hi, everybody. Now, this segment is usually titled Celebrity Comedian Countdown, but with you, it's just Celebrity Countdown because you, sir, make your living at music. This is almost unheard of. You don't have some day job. You're a music guy. Tell me how you fell into that. Was that your lifelong goal? Tell me how you arrived here. You know, it was never like, I wouldn't say it was a lifelong goal. For a long time, I wanted to be a Ghostbuster. Um, and then, you know, I, you got to grow up. I was like, okay, I'll, you know, I guess I'll be a mechanic or something. I don't know. I had a bunch of, I had a bunch of crappy jobs when I was younger. Um, but music's always been around. My father's a musician and all his brothers are musicians as well. So there was always, 
there was always music around the house and I couldn't go a day without hearing at least three or four Led Zeppelin tunes in the background. My dad, nice. my dad is a rabid Zeppelin fan. And that, that something that we all kind of inherited, uh, <laughs> through, through, through the years, we just all became Zepp fans. But I, I started going to his, to his gigs, uh, when I was about 13 years old, 13, 14 years old, he, he started letting me come to some of his gigs that were at like nicer places. He played, sure. he, played he played some spots that were pretty rough. That you know, you know, he wouldn't. Yeah, you know, he he was scared to go. They, they were paying him to be there though. So, but you know, I would sit at the bar and I would drink root beer and I would and I would kind of be like a third base coach. Mm-hmm. And I, he he would look at me and I would tell him if like the guitar was too loud. I would I would go and like you know give give big awesome. big giant hand gestures to tell him what needs to get fixed. And then he would walk up to the board and you know just make those little minor adjustments and. And I got that's that's the first time I kind of I the that first moment I was like wow this is this is a cool job this is something that's fun and then yeah. I started I, and then I started playing the bass because my father's a bass player it's what we had in the house so I started playing in bands and you know working my way up to becoming a front man I was always like you know in, like um you know I played harmonica I'd sing some backup vocals but I wasn't the front man and then slowly but surely I just kind of became that front man. And I started running open mic nights when I was uh, 21, and it was just so much fun. It was such a blast, just because you, know, you get all different types of people that come in. You know, some people that are absolutely fantastic and they're looking for a gig, and then you get your you, you get your weekend warrior type guys. The oh, my kids all left the house, and I can finally play the guitar again. Nice. You get a lot of those fellows too, and they're great too. But like, you meet all these really sweet, sweet people that all you know share the same interest and the same love of. Of the of, of music, you know, it's it's yeah. it's music is is to, in my opinion, it's the last real form of magic mm-hmm. because special effects have ruined our eyes. Like we know, CGI. yeah, like we know that CGI. It looks so good, but you yeah. know that's CGI. But you play a song, and and you can absolutely transport someone to a different time and place yeah. and a different feeling. And you, and you can really make someone, you know, feel something, whether you're yeah. trying, whether you're trying to or not, whether you like, whether you meant to, you know, you know, I, I, a few, a few gigs ago, I did a song by Bob Dylan to make you feel my love. It's a beautiful song. It's one of his most covered. And this really sweet couple with, they were sitting at the table with their two kids and they just, they stood up and started dancing, slow dancing to this song. And then when they finished, the, the, the wife's got a tear coming down her face. And she, really? She said, that's our wedding song. Holy cow, that's and next, great. And, and next week's our anniversary. And I was like, oh, right. So I got, <laughs> you know, and there was just this beautiful magic. Moment. I didn't know they were going to be there. I didn't know that. It's just this, this magical moment. And, and, mm-hmm. and like in that moment, he grabs her hand and they stand up and they start dancing. I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. That's really nice. I guess they like this song. And then they told me their whole life story. It was really, you know, <laughs> it was really nifty. So and now you've like, um, you mentioned the bass, right? And I know you're all about the guitar, but you're also playing this great mandolin. How did it, you fall into that? It's it's actually it's called the bazooki. It's uh it's okay. a Greek it's like a Greek mandolin. The technical term would be octave mandolin. It just has a longer neck, uh, so it's got a lower a lower resonance, um, and it's just got a really beautiful tone. And a friend of mine, went, a friend of mine went to Greece. In like 2000, I want, I want to say 2005, she went to Greece and she she had bought it for her her then boyfriend. And then when she got back to uh, from Greece, 
uh, they broke up. Long story short, mm -hmm. and she 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 gave it to me under the, and the the promise was he's never allowed to touch it again. And she gave it to me. And, and you I, saw I, to it. And I held up my end of the deal. <laughs> but it's just such a oh, I, I never actually learned to play a, a standard six string guitar. It's not it's not something I learned to play. I started on on bass and then a little bit of slide guitar. Then mandolin fell in my lap and then the bazooki fell in my lap. And the bazooki was great because I've got I've got kind of fat fingers, and getting in between the frets on a mandolin's a little tricky. The, the the frets are very close together, but the bazooki's got a longer neck and the frets are spread out a bit more. So it just it was like this is built for me, yeah. and it really was. I can't believe all the smoke on my face. <laughs> That's yeah, what happens fine. when you smoke. Yeah, my apologies to everyone on the west coast. We still smoke <laughs> over here, <laughs> but um. But now, I, also, I, you you have this looping. Uh, it's uh, something yeah. that a lot of people are doing. Yeah, you do it with the mandolin, but it's not called a mandolin. It's a bazooki. Yeah. You do, you do. Yeah. So this technology fell in your lap, and you really take advantage of it. Yeah. Well, during lockdown, it became kind of it became more and more clear that I wasn't going to be having any gigs with my band anytime soon. So the thought of I'm going to have solo gigs, a, a lot of solo gigs in my future, came came to you know, it can be like absolute fact. So I went out and bought this loop pedal and uh, they make, and then they, they make, this is a pretty neat one. I can hook a microphone up to it and get a little beat going and, you know, build the song in the moment, which is a lot of fun. And um, there's a great musician. Uh, I've been a fan of his work for God, like almost, almost 25 years. I've been following this guy's career. His name's Keller Williams, just like the real estate company, but this guy's way cooler. Uh -huh. um, but he, he, he works with a loop pedal and he was working with loop pedals back in the day. He was one of the first musicians I, I've ever became aware of that was a solo act working with loop pedals. And this one guy on stage would get the entire, entire arena or entire auditorium or, or, or theater, wherever he was playing, everybody's dancing. And it's just one guy up there. Yeah. It's a, it's really an amazing show, but you know, I'm nowhere near his caliber, but uh, you know, I just started kind of playing with it and building songs and having fun with it and, and just having fun with it. And that's that's the main point of what I do is if I'm not having fun up there, nobody yeah. is. Yeah. And, and, and the same could be said for all, all aspects of entertainers. Even if even if you're giving a, 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 a Shakespeare soliloquy and you're and you're pouring your heart out and you're crying in the moment, you better be having fun. Or or you know, it's not, not gonna be translate. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, that's that's just the thing. Like I've had I've had plenty of crappy jobs, but about uh, a little over ten years ago, I uh, I got laid off from from my last real job, uh -huh. de delivering car parts, and I got laid I got laid off because I was you know I got fired because I was always late because I had I had gigs every night. So I, when I got fired, I just was like, all right, well screw it, I'm just gonna start playing more shows because I was I looked at it like I was making I was making crappy money at this day job, mm -hmm. and I knew if I if I knew if I just worked five nights a week and played five shows a week at least. But I could make as much, if not more, than what I was making at the car part at the car park shop, and and it, and it turned out I was right. Yeah, and I, you know, instead of making like after taxes, I'm making like a hundred and four dollars a day. Yeah, working working a nine hour shift, I'm making at least one hundred and eighty dollars, two hundred dollars for working for three four hours. Mm -hmm. I mean, the math just you know, <laughs> the math sells the whole thing. You know, not to say you know. 
Everyone could do this because I don't know. No, but it takes a special individual, and that is you, my man. Now, the way we met each other was you're doing these music open mics. Now, it's always been my philosophy that, and Vin Vitale, our good friend together, was a part of this. It's always been my philosophy that, like, you go to a comedy open mic, and that's okay and everything, but it is a sea of comedians. And I'm doing real gigs, you know, at Scotty's every weekend. I'm going off to other places like Kentucky and Delaware. Got to be in front of real people. So the way to do that is go to a music open mic. None of them are comedians, you know. So I want to thank you for allowing me and my friends to get up there. You know, I really appreciate it. We're not doing music, and you say it's fine. I love it. It it, it, it it breaks up the show a little bit to have to, to pepper in a couple comics. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I've always been a fan of, of, of comedy. I've, I've gone to shows at Caroline's and, you know, uh, which I hear is closing. Yes, it is closed. That's a bummer. That's a yeah, bummer. I, saw, I saw Louie there a couple times when he uh-huh. came, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. in the, in the late 90s. I snuck in. But uh, that's, you know, I've always been a fan of stand-up comedy. And, go, and I've been to... Uh, stand up open mic nights, I, just as just as a you know as a patron, mm-hmm. and and I've, and I've watched I've watched comics bomb, yes, in, at at an open mic in front of other comedians, and it's like yeah. it's like it's like that one drop of blood in the water, and all the sharks smell <laughs> it circle, mm-hmm. and and it's funny to see, and like and and I know it's part of the process, and it's just the way comics work and the way comics think and react i i I love it (laughs) but the way we react at 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 my open mics at music open mic nights if a guy bombs you don't boo you don't and you don't make fun of him yeah you just let him you let him know i mean you'll you'll get him next time yeah that's right you'll get him next time buddy you know we're it's it's my open mics music open mics inherently are are more like they're more like group therapy for musicians with a cash bar (laughs) (laughs) the best way i can describe them but the, you know, we just get together. We we talk about we talk about music. We talk about our equipment. We do, you know, we're just big nerds. Everyone thinks musicians are cool. We're not cool. Yeah, we're, no. just, we're just giant nerds that ha- that happen to do something that chicks like. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to get to your podcast and plug that. Now it's called You Good. That's it is. what it's called. called. You Good. And now it's Y A. Yep. Good question mark. Now, what is this podcast about? How can people find it? You can find it on SoundCloud um, and follow. Our, there's a Facebook page as well uh, called "You Good Podcast," and it's um, it's it's basically we, we, me and my friend Dylan Jacobus. We started this podcast to just kind of uh, again, kind of just uh, like do what we do at open mic nights and talk shop uh, and talk about the music scene in, in North Jersey, like like Jersey, but kind of specifically North Jersey. Um, just that's because where I'm. I'm uh, <laughs> But uh, it's music based. It's all about it music. Is, okay. It is primarily music based, but we do we do go off topic. And I know that uh, we've got a uh, we've got a couple of uh, shows that are coming up that are like the like we're going to do like a top ten list of annoying sounds. Okay. And that and and some of those answers are definitely going to be music based, but some of those answers are not music based because yeah. one of the like one of my least favorite sounds in the world is when you uh, when you when a car starts up and the belt squeaks. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! Just, oh, just, fix it. just fix it already. Just, just yeah. fix it. It's a cheap. It's a twenty dollar belt. Just fix it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's one, one that bugs me is when uh, the Windows makes that sound like you screwed up. 
You know what I'm talking oh. about? <laughs> and sometimes you do something that you don't consider a screw up, and Windows is like, bang, and we through the windows. <laughs> that is an annoying sound. When you're like, okay, when I'm, so if I'm in the middle of mixing something or, or um, you know, editing the podcast or whatever, and like all of a sudden we get like 40 prompts about the mouth, like our antivirus that I right. haven't updated because the computer works offline. I don't care. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're safe anyway. Yeah. So it's called You Good. Yep. Y A Good question mark. Yep. And we're looking at, to find it on SoundCloud, but there's also a Facebook group. Yeah, uh, the fa there's a Facebook page, um, page. And, and every time, when, whenever an episode drops, we share it on. We'll, we'll share the link on Facebook. Okay. Um, it's it's a small podcast. We're just starting it out. Um, we've only we we we've only been doing it consistently for like the past like two months. We took a long break after my kid was uh -huh. born. Um, because you know, which makes sense. Yeah. Well, you you know just as well as I do, buddy. When when <laughs> you know, when when you start building that family, you got to start. Shifting your things around, and make everything fit. yeah, that's <laughs> right. Things go on hold. My uh, music career went on hold uh, when that happened. You know, uh, and I, you know, when they got older, I came back to it. But I ended up in comedy. But I want to plug your EP now. You have uh, an EP out there. It's called "I've Been Called Worse," which is a great title. Thank now. You. Now it's an EP because it's short. And where can people find it? Tell me about it and. We, uh, you can find it pretty much wherever you can uh, you know, stream music from. It's available on all platforms. Uh -huh. um, and, iTunes uh, and SoundCloud. iTunes, SoundCloud. And... Uh, I believe it's on YouTube as well. Okay. If you, if you type in Nick Hina, I've been called worse. I believe it still I've pops up. I've been worse. Um, yeah. And uh, this is kind of what the album cover looks like. <laughs> well, I see the vinyl behind you there, yeah. just like I have vinyl. I bet you some Led Zeppelin is in there, of course. Oh. I have I have I have every studio album, and uh, the song remains the same. The the film soundtrack. I I also have a forty five of Hey Hey What Can I Do. Very nice, so perfect. That's a rare find. I got that for a quarter at a, at a garage sale. I got that I got that forty five for a quarter at a garage sale. Blew my mind. A quarter? They didn't know what they were they selling. No idea what they had. And it's what's it's on the flip? What's on the flip? It's the it's the B side actually. The A side is immigrant song. Oh, hey! What a great collection! That those are two great songs. So when when well when 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 Zeppelin three came out, Atlantic Records said we want we want to put out a single. Led Zeppelin said no, we don't do singles. And Atlantic went and did it anyway. We yeah. took Immigrant Song, and then they grabbed Hey Hey What Can I Do off the shelves and put it together. And that that's actually kind of what the last straw was. Which that's the like that that's one of the arguments that led Zeppelin led 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 Zeppelin <laughs> to. Uh, to forming their own label because they, they were losing autonomy uh, uh -huh. at, at Atlantic and they didn't have control over their product. And right. So, yeah. So, and, and, and just, just like Led Zeppelin does, <laughs> I wanted to be just like them. I, uh, <laughs> this, this, this EP was self-produced. Uh, well, not self-produced. I like, you know, like, I, you know, no label or nothing. Me, me and Dylan Jacobus, uh, Connor Larkin, uh, Victor Phillips on, uh, he's my, he's uh, a great producer. Uh, and, uh, and Sean Fairley, a uh, fantastic drummer, we put this together during lockdown. And actually, a lot of what was recorded was recorded, um, like a lot of what ended up on the final product, I recorded in a, in a, in a pantry during lockdown. Mm -hmm. I, was stuck, I was stuck in Pittsburgh with my now fiancé uh, during the first few months of lockdown, and we wanted to get some work done. I had no equipment with me, just, just my bazooki, 
and my and my songbook, but I also had I had my tablet and I had my cell phone. So I I I, I kind of just jury rigged a coat rack to hold up my uh, my tablet down here and my phone up up about, about head level. And I sat in I, I stood in in this in this pantry with the door closed and a yoga mat over my head to soundproof mm-hmm. it. Looked, right. I, looked, I must have looked like a really like really normal guy, but uh, <laughs> and I recorded a lot of my vocals and and some of the bazooki in that in that pantry. Sent it 